This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock sponsor IT OneSource. Any IT products and services solutions can be acquired through IT OneSource. Connect with them today at rockrms.com slash sponsors. Welcome to Rockcast, the podcast where we take you behind the scenes with Spark Development Network as we're growing and building Rock RMS. I'm Emily Foreman, and today we have John Edmiston and Nick Erdo, and we will be discussing what's new right now with Rock and uh, in the current interesting work situations that we're all in right now. Welcome. Nick, can you kick us off with an update on where we are in our Rock versions? Sure, absolutely. We are um, getting close to move version 10.3 to alpha testing. There's just a few more things that we're trying to sneak in to that release. Um, We've also added the um, campaign, connection campaign feature into 10.3 core, so everyone will get it. Um, And then there's 65 plus issues that have been addressed in 10.3. And so we're really, it's probably going to be next week at some point that it will go to alpha and then see how long that takes alpha beta, a couple weeks, and then should be in everybody's hands pretty soon here. Great. There's a lot of interest in that for sure. Now we've been talking a lot about what's coming with V11, but there's been a little bit of a, a typical rock world movement in that area. So fill us in on that. Well, I could uh, talk about that a little bit. I'm going to pass the baton to John at some point, though. So, yeah, V11, uh, you mean in terms of like what we thought we were going to do in V11? Right. When's it coming? What's included? Right. So because of, of the circumstances and the situation we're all dealing with, we're really trying to put some bigger uh, features into the next release of Rock. But we can't do that in 10.3. There's certain technology limitations we have. So in order to make what we call model changes, we have to issue a major release. So every there are a number of things that we thought we were going to have in V11 that we've, we're going to push out a little bit in order to get some new, I don't know if, if I'm supposed to say anything about what the features are. John, am I allowed to mention anything? Uh, yeah, I don't think there are any secrets. <laughs> okay, well, with version 11, we're really looking to do some additional check-in options. And... Um, I'm going to really turn that over to, to John to talk about those sorts of features. Yeah, so we do have a lot of features coming around check-in, and, and like Nick exactly was 100% on, is, is they are going to require some model changes to, to do well. In, in a sense, it's a little bit frustrating because we, we had these visions of where we really wanted to go with check-in, kind of like a check-in 2.0 strategy that we've been working on for probably about a year in terms of uh, ideating over you know, how should that look, and, you know, that's, I think the frustrating part is now it's like, hurry up and, and implement that. And I like to have things in the crock pot. I, I don't think like true innovation just comes naturally, like in a, in a blink of an eye, like for big, huge features. I think when that happens, you usually get it rolled out and then realize, oh, there's a few better ways to do that. Um, so we're kind of being forced to go a little bit faster. Uh, we are going to have to do it in a gradual state. So we can't give everything that we've dreamt up over the last year in a, in a matter of a few weeks. 
but we do want to give some of the preliminary things and um, a little bit of that is going to be dependent upon how much funding we have and how much time we have. Um, obviously we, with more time, you know, we can use more of the core funding to pay for things like that. But if we need immediate, like drastic shift in priorities, sometimes that has to come with funding. So I know Emily, you've been working with a lot of, of churches talking through that and that that's going well, but Irregardless, there's a lot of changes to our roadmap because of COVID-19 that are going to require model changes. Um, and, you know, we hate to do that, but at the same time, it seems kind of silly to be sitting back worrying about a feature like um, e-signatures when the whole world is trying to figure out how to redo check-in when we come back. Um, so from a prioritization perspective, you know, the priorities have drastically shifted and we just need to respond to that. It would be silly not to. Uh, that said, a lot of the features that we said were going to be in the V11 that will probably be pushed, like Nick said, to V12, there's a lot of work in that, uh, that it's already done. Uh, for instance, we've been working uh, as a team uh, to redesign the person profile page. Uh, those mock-ups, high fidelity, we actually even have them uh, started in, in markup, are, are done. And, and that page is awesome. I can't wait to show that to people. It's, it's really amazing. It's not like a quick, you know, spit polish. It is a complete redesign refactor and it is really awesome. And people I think are really going to like it. That's obviously going to have to be, we don't have time in the next few weeks to implement that the correct way. Um, so there's a lot of, of cool features in that have already been started, but won't be able to make it into, into V11. So uh, and then there are features that are basically done that will you'll get those sooner, like document types and documents for people. Yep. There's new storage providers for the asset manager system. Um, if you if you really want to see what's going to be in V11, just go out to the pre-alpha site. Yeah, there's a lot of little things in there too that you know weren't technically on the roadmap at the time, but as we see things, as we work with clients, we've added features. Um, you know, especially around like, you know, data views, you, you can um, start to see how they're being used, which ones are slow. Um, you know, I'd call those almost like little micro features, but it's actually, they're really helpful. Um, there's, a, there's a ton of those uh, already in, in pre-alpha, which will be in V11. Um, so I'm really excited about that because some of the times we work on these features and it's like, oh gosh, no one's gonna be able to see this for like another six months. Um, even some of them have been talked about in the architecture videos um, about page timings being really nicely formatted at the bottom of the page. Um, you, that's in, in, of course, in V11 and, and it's super helpful. I'm using that all the time. Uh, so there's a lot of good stuff in, in V11. That's great. And I like that we're able to pivot so quickly to address some of the needs that we're seeing coming from the community. And this isn't the first thing that we've done that on. So we've been trying um, to work with churches as they've been going through the process of what do we do with this COVID-19 situation, which goes back uh, a couple of months now even. And, and we've been working on a lot of things. We've pushed out quite a bit of, of content that's helpful. We've pulled together um, a live panel that we did uh, pretty early on. And John, we're still in the middle of, of working and rolling out some additional options 
Uh, we've been talking, like you mentioned, with the churches about contactless check-in. I've had some great conversations. There's a lot of interest out there. Um, so if you happen to be listening to this, um, I know this is going to going to publish pretty soon. If you listen quickly after publishing and you're interested in knowing more about that, um, funding it and helping move it forward, let us know. But we've been uh, working on other projects as well. Can you can you fill us in on a couple of the other options that we've done in, as feature responses to COVID? Yeah. So, of course, the big one that we've been working on in the beginning of the, of the COVID situation was the connection campaigns. And, uh, of course, we got that done pretty quick, but Nick and team have been adding, you know, a few more features to that, doing some bug fixes for that. Um, so that, that work has continued and, and hasn't stopped. Um, and that's just a great feature. It's, I've heard so many people say, we're going to keep doing this um, even after every, the world's back to normal. And it, that will happen. Eventually we'll get all back to normal. But it's great to hear that, that through this terrible situation that you know, we've learned new things that are going to help connect people uh, long term. So continue to work on that, obviously. We've, we've come up with a quick ticketing system for churches who may need to limit the size of their services. Uh, it's a, engagement with, a small engagement with SparkAbility Group where we can get that installed for you. Uh, I would label this as a very simple yet effective solution. You know, sometimes in these situations, we don't need to go in, create models and, and make amazing, huge features for something simple. Sometimes we just need to have something quick, easy. And that's how I'd label this. Um, it's very, uh, a simple approach to getting exactly what you need. Um, so that's an option. If you guys have a ticketing thing, there's a, if you go out to the, our coronavirus page uh, on the rock site, you can see all this and you can see how to get in contact with that. Obviously a digital strategy, as we've talked several times in the past is the most important thing you can have right now. And uh, we're kind of, we're trying to find more and more ways we can add to that digital strategy. And so TV apps is one of those. So we have um, a quick solution to be able to provide Roku and fire TV apps for your organization. Um, Getting your services online is one thing, but now the next step is to make it easy and friction-free for your audience to actually watch those. And I know my family and I uh, appreciate watching it on the TV versus a laptop. And so having these TV apps is, is really important. Now, to date, we have Roku and Fire TV, but we've actually been doing R&D and prototyping on Apple TV also. Um, I think from a platform, I'm not trying to get into platform wars, but just to, to, my assessment of that is like the Apple TV has amazing capabilities, um, a very rich interface. You know, Roku and Fire TV are, are what are, you know, very cheap interfaces. And, um, you know, you, obviously they work, but the Apple interface is, has so much more, more possibilities, but that takes more time too. So, but we are, we are researching that and that's something that we definitely want to move into in the future. Uh, but for today, we can do uh, Roku and Apple TV apps for, um, for you if that's something you need. The next feature, which is really exciting, is um, Church Online platform check-in. So Church Online, especially in the V4, um, but although it should work in V3 too, has the ability to pop up um, uh, and insert moments into the feed. Uh, moments is a V4 feature, but V3 has somewhat similar capabilities. Um, and so in that pop-up, we're providing a block that will be on your rock server that allow them, uh, the person to say, hey, who are they and who else is watching with them? So it really kind of helps you take 
digital attendance on that platform. And so Nick and team have been working um, very hard on getting this out, getting it polished up and ready. And that will be in V3. So this is one of the features that's pushing a little bit harder to get V3 out. Um, but it's a really cool feature. And I think it can be used way beyond just, you know, on church online platform. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's one that we're, we're, we're doing the final like QA check on and it's ready and it's, it's a pretty cool feature. And as we work through that, we're finding other ideas that, you know, we can build into rock in terms of, we all know when people are logged in and how powerful that, that experience is, but sometimes we, we don't the person's not logged in, but we can pretty much infer who they are or have them tell us in a way that we wouldn't trust to go show you their giving, but it's good enough for saying, Hey, that's me. Who's watching this. And, and we're building that kind of technology into rock kind of a, a light authentication, not, we don't know you, we don't trust you who you are enough to show you your giving, but we trust that it's you in terms of saying that you showed up for this event. So we're, working to add that in more and more places, which is kind of exciting. And then of course, uh, contactless check-in, which we're still trying to figure out. That's a huge, huge one. Um, and it kind of depends on funding, but again, Nick and I have been spending a lot of time deep, deep in the bowels of the check-in code. Um, just seeing how else we could extend this to do more things, um, like limit having to touch monitors, um, but even beyond that, you know, how do we make it more, um, more options to, to do the check-in um, where we can take into account more physical things like, you know, could, could you just uh, walk up to a, a room and, and just check in yourself right there on your phone? Um, so we're not going to drive to the endpoint on that in version 11, but we're certainly going to have a lot of features there to extend that if the project goes forward, I mean, that's still a kind of an if, um, but so th those are the big things for COVID. Of course, there's a lot of little things, but, um, we've definitely been busy. I can tell you that. That's right. We did not run out of things to do recently. Another thing that's interesting is, uh, we had a scheduled masterclass for April, which had been on the calendar for a while before COVID-19 hit. And we had to make the choice of whether to cancel it or whether to turn it into an online masterclass, which is not a format that we've used before. And uh, we kind of polled a few people in the community and determined that the online format would be great. Uh, some people found, especially at the beginning of all of this, that they had a little more time on their hands uh, while they were sorting out what do we do now. And so we were able to to pivot the masterclass and turn that one instance into an online format. And we had lots of people who were able to sign up that hadn't been able to come to a masterclass before because some of the travel costs had been a little outside their budget. So that was good. It was a very full class and uh, got rave reviews. And as soon as it was complete, we heard from additional people in the community that said, oh, I wish I'd seen that that was happening. I'd really like to attend an online masterclass. So we actually added another one to the calendar for mid-June this year to try and help uh, meet those needs as well. Now, whether or not this is an ongoing format once we come out of uh, COVID-19 and return to more normal, that may not be the way that we go. But for right now, it's an excellent opportunity to take advantage of uh, a masterclass format that doesn't involve travel. And that registration is open on our website right now. 
Uh, we had actually quite a bit of interest coming in just even yesterday uh, with registrations and things. So um, I don't think we've hit our 10 minimum limit on that yet, but we have been uh, very responsive there and, and we're hearing a lot of interest. So if that's interesting to you, sign up soon so we know there is enough interest to hold that second class. Um, but that's been another way that we've we've kind of changed some things up to try and meet current needs. You know, we're also getting a lot of questions about the big question, what's going on with RX 2020 this year? And, um, and the big answer is that's a great question. Um, so what we have to do is we have to weigh in balance uh, what's going on environmentally and what the state's regulations are in Arizona, which is the host location, um, along with what are people wanting to do. And the interesting dynamic here is, well, we've been kind of waiting to hear some things from the state. Um, and have kind of paused our uh, registration promotions, obviously. We're also hearing from a lot of people in the community that they really want this event to move forward. So we're trying to move in that delicate balance and, and meet all the needs and all the requirements and just figure out what that will look like. So all we can say right now is that we are very actively working on figuring this out and we should know more within the next couple of weeks. Um, so we'll make sure that it's impossible to miss when we um, are able to announce that. So do know that we're working on it and uh, there are just a lot of variables right now. Yeah, I'd say it's the one thing that's kind of been hitting me a lot lately is that as the community gets bigger, one of the things that we have to expect less and less is that we're all going to be on the same page. So while <laughs> some people want are looking forward to being there and they're excited about being there and, and really want to be, be physical, at the same time, there's a lot who don't. And it's not even just even with RX, it's just with anything, even with how a feature should work or whether we should do A or B. There's so many um, strong feelings in opposite directions that makes it more and more difficult to, to keep, you know, trucking. And so I think basically we have to have a strong opinions loosely held that, um, so while we might have an opinion, that's great. We all, we all deserve and should have one. We also have to be cognizant that, you know, what's best for the whole um, and sometimes even when we're talking about features, like we have to, our first thought should not be what's best for me and my church, but what's best for the whole community. And then making sure that that's in sync with, with, um, of course the need, the, the, the local needs to your church. But so many times I see, see people only considering their own needs and not the needs of the whole thing, which is difficult. I mean, at the end of the day, we're kind of, we're all in the middle, right? Like yeah. we're not probably going to use the feature in the way that we're wanting it. So when you're in the middle and you're watching both sides, like, you know, throw opinions across it, it's a, it's an interesting perspective. Um, Definitely. And it is a challenge to negotiate all of that. So in, we've been as on our team navigating a lot of similar challenges to what churches have been doing. Um, in addition to trying to meet the needs that are widespread and varied, we're also trying to go through the same things that churches are doing. Hey, all of my staff is now working remotely. Now we were kind of set up well, um, about 50% of our staff was remote. So we had the right technologies. We had the right processes in place. We didn't have to figure that out uh, last minute, but there is a definite change in work patterns, I would say, um, and even expectations when you work 100% remotely. And uh, I imagine that's something that's kind of a universal experience right now. 
And it's something that we've had to put a lot of thought, consideration, and uh, changing messaging around as we try and work through this. Uh, John, you had a really interesting word picture that you shared with our staff um, about a week ago at a staff meeting. And I think that that's just something that everybody could benefit from hearing about. Yeah, so it's not particularly specific to the COVID situation, but just in general to the type of work we do. And, and of course, I think COVID maybe magnifies the, the importance of it, though, is that everything that we work on right now is very difficult and uh, technical and, in a sense, fragile. There's so many moving parts. We're, we're all, everybody in the community is working with new technologies. We're forced to scale things to, to in ways that we typically don't have to worry about. Um, you know, everything's going digital. Everything's new. And it's a little bit, though, like we work in this egg factory. And so we have to be very careful. The things that we work with are fragile. Uh, they're delicate. And um, now the, what my, my word picture, I guess, that was, like, hey, hey, guys, we work in an egg factory, but we treat it like we work in a rubber ball factory, <laughs> is that we're throwing these things across the room to each other um, with, without concern that these are very fragile things and easily broken so that we need to be having, you know, good handoffs with, you know, someone kind of covering, you know, as you hand someone the egg, maybe someone else is like, you have your other hand underneath it in case it drops or, or you don't leave the egg out on the counter at the edge of the counter. Um, which is if we're not careful, if we're just thinking again about what we're doing and not considering how that's going to impact other people, um, it can be it can be dangerous, and uh, we just need to make sure that we we have good coverage, that we treat these things like fragile, like fragile things, that we communicate really well. Hey, I need to give you the egg. Here's the egg. You got it. Good. Okay, let's go. Um, instead of throwing it across from saying, "Hey, egg, in, egg incoming," you know, and then you turn away and walk. Um, <laughs> and I think remotely, and when you're in person, you can do that a little bit better because that person's maybe walking by you in the hallway, and you can say, "Oh, by the way." Um, here you have to make it a, a more intentional to say reach out and um, just over communicate. Right. I think when you're in person, you don't have to be as conscientious about the structure around that happening. And so it just kind of can happen a little bit in some of the normal work patterns and, and running into each other and quick hallway huddles. Um, so you may not have ever put a lot of thought into what those handoffs are, but in the remote setting when you have complex things you're doing and teams that work together with roles that intersect and on major projects, it's, it is very challenging. And one of the things we've also been talking about a little bit is how uh, maybe we didn't have a process around what that handoff would look like when you have to be extra careful with it from a remote standpoint, but we've had the vision there. So we need to, we need to, dig into why are we doing the things that we're doing? And yes, the structure and processes that we have currently are there to support that. But if we just get into the habit of push the button in front of me, um, then great, you're technically fulfilling your little function of the process, but it doesn't really work well unless you're also thinking, why is this going the way that it's going? Why am I doing the thing that I'm doing? Who's coming next after me in the next part of the process? And if you're not thinking about that, um, I think that's the danger of where you start uh, process is critical to what you do. But if you just get in the habit of I check my box, I check my box and not thinking about the whole overall structure, you're not really able to be flexible or to cope with changing environments. And that 
goes beyond coronavirus situations because it, just in the marketplace, things change, right? Our whatever it is that we're working on today won't be the thing that we work on next year. And so if we're not able to be flexible and really apply a why to our processes, um, it over time, that's just uh, kind of a, a death march for an organization. Um, and usually it's a very slow movement, but I think that quickly pivoting to an all remote situation kind of exacerbates that you're moving faster in one direction or another. So it's really critical to think about um, and, and engage some conversation on. So not that we've run out of things to do um, and we've tried to focus a lot on now, but we're also still talking about the future and the future with rock is really important. We never want to move away from being a really innovative product. Um, we're meeting needs innovatively right now in the COVID-19 situation, but we're also planning for how to meet needs innovatively going forward. Um, and uh, John, can you tell us a little bit about some of the things that we're, we're working on in R&D and some of the different stages of future projects? Yeah, sure, definitely. I mean, I, I just want to reiterate that we, we always work hard. We always have worked hard for years. I don't think we've ever worked this hard. Uh, we are literally at the end of the week. I cannot believe that. I feel like the week has just snapped by. I feel like it's Monday afternoon right now. Yeah, and we have concerns too for your health, John. Oh, well, <laughs> concerns the for my health are greatly over. Well, you push yourself and, you know, I've never seen you and this organization move and it pushes hard. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think what we're called to do with what's needed. Um, so some of the stuff that we are working on right now that I think is really interesting. Um, first off is mobile. Like that's not gone anywhere. We've been continuing to push hard on mobile. Um, but in the last probably four or five weeks, we've been pushing extra hard. Mm -hmm. um, I think we, as we look at the version one, we're getting very close to being able to do some alpha testing on version one. Um, but we have the problem that we have in everything in rock, which is a little bit like scope creep, you know, Oh, but we need to add this. We need to add that. And so there's this really hard tension in a one Oh product. Cause you're trying to make it what you want it to be versus what it, it needs to be just to get the minimal viable product. And so I think we've pushed a little too far in some areas and we've gotten too, too many features that we that are beyond minimal viable. And then there's some other things that we still need to get in there that, you know, okay, that has to be in there. And so I think we have that final small, small punch list of things. Um, there's a couple other features that we are adding just because we want, we want to make as many people as we can mobile app, you know, engineers as possible. And could you do this, um, you know, through a harder way in, in the shell today? Yes. But we want to make it super easy. You know, I keep, I keep dreaming of, you know, some of you guys, I literally think of you guys individually thinking, Oh, this person is going to love this. I <laughs> want to make that person be able to do this. And could, could they do it this, this other way? Yeah, probably. But I just, Think that's going to be way too much too too hard to consider to think about and i, I know you got your, your time is super valuable so you, it's not like you have 12 hours to learn this one little thing if, if we can just simplify that document it and make it a copy paste and now you're doing it it just makes it makes my day to think about you guys being able to do that so we're adding some of those features now um, and then we'll get into alpha testing and then we'll get 
uh, we have a, uh, Emily, you've worked really hard to get a lineup of initial churches that we're working with to get apps out. And those have been prioritized in, in order of uh, minimal needs. So those who have the smaller needs that we can hit first, uh, we want to do that. Um, I know you've talked with, and I've talked with some churches who want these mobile apps really badly. And then they give us, and we, and our first question is show us your minimal viable product that you need for an app. And they hand it back and it's like every feature known to man, it's the kitchen sink. And I get that. Like these features are important, but that means that you're going to have to wait longer. And literally there's no app that does that. There's no app that you, if you, if you want that now, you're going to have it custom written anyways, like, and you're going to pay a fortune for that. So we're trying to work with the, the churches first who say, Hey, here's what I want, the kitchen sink, but here's what I, here's what I'm willing to, to go with with version one. And it's something more in line with, you know, what we can hit. And um, so we got a few of those lined up in, in varying uh, levels of, of starting. So um, of course that's been taking a lot of time and energy, but it's coming well. It's, it's really neat. And it's kind of fun how you can stitch this all up and, and um, it's, it's really not that hard. So um, can I just say that making something like that, not that hard is really hard. So the hard work is not that it isn't done, it's deferred, it's, it's done up front uh, so that yeah. down the line it doesn't have to be. That kind of architecture is, is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's fun when you watch these videos on demos of how to do new technology and they're so simplistic because it's always like build your first page in your app. It's like, oh, that's nice. You just get the poor concrete around this one page. It just does this. And our first page is like, what's well, got to be extensible. You got to be able to drop anything you want. So it's so simplistic. Some of these apps that people write, cause it's hard coded to do just that. Like mm -hmm. page one does this. Our page one is like, okay, what virtual page is that in rock? And what does that content have? What's the security on that? You know, what's the personalization for that? It's, it's much, much different. This extensibility, everything is kind of a, uh, so extensible is very, very hard. Um, I think when people see, how easy it is to do what they can do, they will hopefully get a, an idea of how complicated it was behind the scenes to make all that happen. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> and then, you know, when you do that, like, like Nick, like you said that how easy it is to do this, but then you, a lot of it's, we get, we've, we've given you a loaded gun. You've got to do it correctly. You've got to make sure it's performant. Um, and, you know, this, I, I've been talking about it in the, in the architecture series, which I highly recommend you, you check out if you haven't, that this, our culture now talks about everybody's an engineer, and that's fine, but that's a lot of responsibility. You can't just call yourself an engineer without learning the right way to do it. And we're with you on that. We're partnering with, the, with you on that to make sure that we, we train you and give you the knowledge. But then after that, it's up to you to then take that forward and, and do it the right way. Uh, another thing that we've been looking at that's an extension of that exact concept is um, CDNs. So we've been working with a lot of, of clients over the last um, several months and looking and helping them tune their websites. And in doing that, it's been really fascinating to see that, you know, A, we haven't done a great job educating people on how to configure their sites to, to perform well. Um, so a lot of the architecture videos are, are exactly coming out of the lessons learned. Um, but then also there's some new technologies that we can do to help churches scale. So 
I would kind of explain like CDNs um, kind of like if you're looking at a tank, you can have, you know, active or passive armor. So that the passive armor is, oh gosh, my tank is going to get hit by things in this case, load, you know, from your server, it would be like that. So I better thicken up the armor. I better put more armor on. So as I get hit, I'm still okay. And that's what we've been doing to date is we've been kind of adding more armor plating to people's sites through configuration to let it scale more. But now we need to also, there's technologies out there that's called more like an active armor that says, hey, don't even let the, the, best, the best shell that, that to defend is the one that didn't hit you, right? So we can put these like shielding around your, your server to say, hey, a lot of this traffic, your server doesn't even need to worry about. Let somebody else worry about that. It doesn't change. Now, there's a ton of, of work your rock server is doing that it simply doesn't need to do. Uh, serving up images, uh, serving up CSS, uh, files that change maybe once a month. Um, let the active armor protect you from that, and that's the CDN. So now to do this, we have to be able to give hints out to that active armor about what stuff do should we not have to worry about and what stuff can it do. So we need to kind of give it hints to say, hey, uh, Cash, uh, on this file, just you take care of that. And so we're going in and we're adding, uh, there's a lot of that today. So that's not like there's none of that today in Rock, but we're seeing other opportunities where we could say, well, you know, if we could just hint to the, to the CDN that we don't need to really take care of this every, every request, you go ahead and take care of it for the next hour and then come back and ask me if anything's changed in an hour. I know one client we worked with um, had um, written some applications that was hitting the Rock API and uh, they were getting about uh, a million hits a day on their rock server, which is pretty good. I mean, that's a lot. Um, and, uh, but 80% of those hits were from their API from their app, which uh, is okay. Nothing wrong with that. But a lot of those requests, actually a vast majority of those requests were the same requests getting the same data back. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of like spending more money on infrastructure than you need to in that case. So now we're looking at that going, okay, well, you probably should write the caching into your app. Like, don't keep asking for it on our side. The best cache is the cache that's closest to the need. So it probably is better to have it inside your app. But we could also build into the Rock API the ability for you, for you to go in there and say, hey, these requests are probably going to be the same, so just cache them for an hour at the CDN. And so, again, that's adding active shielding um, so that instead of being called maybe 10,000 times a day, that one API, it's only called, you know, three times a day. And, and the Rock server would very much appreciate that, <laughs> that vacation. And your CPU bill. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll appreciate it. Yeah. And so these, and these CDNs, I mean, that's what they're built to do, that, that, that content stored at the edge. So it's very close to your, your clients. And um, so well, what, we, what we learned through that, and I, what I love about that is we learned that, okay, where do we need to educate more? And so we've been working on that. There's a new caching video that's probably one of the longest architecture videos that explains a lot of the stuff about how to, to Brock does caching. And it takes the lessons learned that we've seen from the real world and, and applies that. So by working with, with, with hands-on with the clients, we learn what we need to educate on. We learn what tools are working really well in Rock and how do we configure that to meet those needs. But we also get to see, oh, yeah, I see that. Um, you know, building the cache into your app is hard. That's probably where it should be. But what we could do is we could add some more features um, to kind of do the middle ground. 
And so I think it's really good for the clients, obviously, but I think it's really, um, we always say we want to work in people's trenches and um, that's where we learn the most. And uh, we love that. Um, so I think it's a really good partnership uh, and being able to work with some of the other clients and, and we really appreciate it. John, you've mentioned the architecture video series that we've been putting out uh, a couple of times. And if people haven't run across that, I just want to point out that they can find that on our Rock U page. Uh, and those videos, uh, there are quite a few out to date, and there are probably uh, more that will be coming. And that's a great place to start to make sure that your foundation is set up well. Uh, you can build whatever custom house you want, but if your foundation's a little bit off, it is not going to be a, a good plan. So the architecture series is definitely one that's been, it's valuable anytime, but as many people's performance uh, took a bit of a hit when they went online, uh, I think people are starting to realize just how critical it is to make sure they get those pieces right. So uh, just want to let people know they can head to the Rock U page from the community site and and find those videos there. Yeah, and we, like you said, we have many more. I have a list I keep open all the time where I'm adding little thoughts as I work with others. And, I, and that's, a, that's a tip I'd have, I'd give to everybody is always have like a little notepad or some, some little app open where you're keeping notes. Because we all, every day, we're all learning and getting all these tips and they just kind of filter out the back. The way I, I kind of, I always work in word pictures, sorry, is uh, I used to watch this show called um, Gold, Gold Rush. And it was about these guys who knew nothing about what, how to mine gold, but they go out into the Alaskan frontier and mine gold. And the one of the things that would always happen is they wouldn't set up their little sluice box, which is like where the water runs through. And the, and the water has to run at the right angle at the right speed so that the gold can settle into the little riffles and the, uh, and the miner's moss so they can be caught, right? If you don't have it right, the gold fl floods out the back of the sluice box and just goes out down the river again. And it's so important that we catch these gold nuggets and every day, all of you, whether you know it or not are being, are being um, inundated with gold nuggets. And if you just let them go out the back, you didn't learn them. So it's all about capturing them and you may not have time to filter or do what you need to do with it right now, but just get it on a little text list and capture it for the, for the future. That's what all the stuff that we talk about in the architecture videos are just little teeny nuggets that we're just collecting and, um, and then we melt them down and make, you know, jewelry out of it that everybody can have. But you all have the same thing. It's, it's not that we're unique or different. Um, capture those nuggets and share them with others on your staff and the community, um, family, whatever. Now, that's a great tip. And actually a really good word picture. No need to apologize. We'll run with you on that one. I've got another list too that I'm working on for sparkability. It's like a hundred point inspection. So, you know, if you have a, if you own a car, you take your car in, right. To get it inspected every so often, or you probably should. Um, so as we find little things that, you know, we see maybe done incorrectly or, or things that could be of concern, I've been writing them down so that we can do that. So that's a upcoming service from sparkability. We'll be able to do a hundred point inspection on your rock instance, like once a year or whatever you, you, if you feel, you feel is, deemed appropriate and um and some of those tools we'll build into rock just to kind of help report you know things that maybe aren't are kind of off kilter or bring visibility to hidden things that you should be aware of yep we certainly learn every day i mean i've already today just just show some of our dirty laundry <laughs> um Right before this podcast, this podcast was the first thing of the day, right? So I come into my office, home office here, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll go through my email, and I'm like, oh, crud. Every so often, 
we get two emails from Rock at the exact same time. Um, and so we, what, one of the things too behind the scenes, we, uh, a lot of us on the leadership team here, we get an email every day with whose birthday it is that day in our community. And then we take that and then we write personal emails or slacks or chats to, to people. Well, I got, occasionally we get two of those at the same time. When that happens, we know that um, there's, two ver- there's two rock instances running. And so usually that means that one of our, one of our developers or one of us, uh, sometimes uh, it's us, uh, is running a local copy of our database and we don't, haven't run the clean script across it. So you know when the, when the jobs are running at 8 a.m., when the email goes out, our local machines are sending it out. So it turns out... In our defense, that hasn't happened to us in, a, in quite a while. We, we try to not let that happen. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. But it, it has happened. In the past, it has happened. And I've been guilty of it too. So, I mean, uh, but now I've been guilty of it more than once. And so now I'm very, very, very cautious um, about it. And so I got the two emails. And um, so then I was off trying to figure out, okay, well, where is this? And it turns out we had moved our site from... Um, liquid web to Azure and I had turned off the ad, the liquid website um, in a way, you know, I, I put it so that the app offline was, was up. So the Brock wasn't running. Well, in our deployment process this week, someone hit deploy and it deployed to the old server, which took the app line off. And, and then we had two rock servers running. Yep. So, I mean, we do the same stuff so as we talk about people who do things not the right way we're still learning like we're all in the same boat like there's no judgment but the best thing we can do is help each other with the less with the lessons learned so i did turn off the service now it's never coming back and at, after lunch it will be deleted that old vm which i can't okay. wait i've been looking so forward to deleting that for years because liquid web has been gouging us expensive the last- yeah, the last few months, they just raised their prices. And we started with them, gosh, in 2011. So back then, it was great, cheap, reliable. But now I'm so looking forward to hitting that delete button. Thanks for sharing the end of the story. I was waiting anxiously for that. For what? The delete or the? Yeah, that you got it all handled. It's good. Well, it's like one of those things as you go through your day, that's not what I expected. And right. it was a little bit frustrating because I'm like, I have all these emails I need to go through and add some stuff that I had sent to myself last night to sort out and get into my file system. And that hasn't happened. Yes. So for good reason, it hasn't happened because we have not yet run out of things to do here at Spark, which I think this podcast probably supports. Um, but uh, we know that a lot of churches are working through the same things. We're excited to see what happens as churches kind of open up and start going back and, uh, we appreciate working with them through their lessons learned because we can learn from that too. So as you're learning things, uh, if there's anything that's valuable to the community or would be valuable to us, let us hear about it too. Well, thanks for joining us today for Rockcast. Um, we are so grateful for this community and we've seen, I mean, we know how great this community is, but it's always fun to see it shine. And in the middle of COVID-19, I think we've seen uh, the community come to light, really working together on a lot of things and solving problems 
in, in great ways. It's just a real pleasure to be a part of it. Thanks for tuning in today and we'll catch you next time. This episode of Rockcast is brought to you by Rock Partner Missional Marketing, an SEO and advertising services provider. Connect with Missional Marketing today at rockrms.com slash partners.